All right, welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrullo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? I am uh, on a little vacation. I'm joining you from uh, the not-so-sunny Los Angeles, <laughs> California. <laughs> um, very kind of random spur-of-the-moment trip popped up uh, with the flights being so cheap. I was like, let's let's do it. I haven't been to the West Coast in years. I uh, haven't been to the California in about 10 years. And it was just kind of like, you know, looking at how few people are flying. I'm like, I bet the plane's going to be deserted. Uh, sure enough, there was out of maybe 170 seats, only make maybe 20 people on the whole flight. Um, they, you know, nice. economy seating, they, they sign your seat. But like everybody was, they put everyone on the window aisle, like the window seats, right? On either side to keep people as far apart from each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just, just like looking around you, I couldn't see more than three people. Like I knew there was other people out there in the plane, but they had spread everybody out. Uh, same number of flight attendants, all have masks. Everyone on the plane had a mask, except for like, I saw one guy that didn't, of course, looked like some maggot chud. Um, so they're going around and like, you know, the, 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 the in-flight beverage service and snack service is really fast when there's only 20 people <laughs> to take care of. <laughs> you could actually and, get a second drink. <laughs> oh yeah. No, they were just like, literally, uh, I would, I was sort of like catnapping every once in a while I'd wake up and like, literally... I would like open my eyes and there'd be a guy with a mask, like handing me another beverage, like just up, like, oh, okay. Uh, they come around with snacks and I'd be like, take two. And they'd, they'd be like, no, really, take more because these are going to go bad if you don't keep, like, just eat them. I'm like, all right, I'll vegan Oreos, I'll fucking stuff in my mouth. Yeah. Um, and I also knew that, you know, the uh, California had, had put in place their lockdown pretty early and <clears> things are <throat> going pretty well. And they also yeah. have, we're one of the first states to make the, the masks mandatory. Right. And not many states had done that yet. Even in Chicago, it was about 80 percent voluntary compliance. I still saw people not wearing them. But you can't you can't go into anywhere without a mask on. Right. And there are lines right now. Yeah. And there's lines everywhere because they are strictly prohibiting how many people can be in the store at at any one time. And I'd I'd seen the markings at at stores in Chicago, but I had never seen the actual lines form. Right. Um, There was a, a Whole Foods I was at today. Uh, at least three armed guards in the Whole oh, Foods. Wow. So like, just completely like, kind of, but they're like <laughs> opening the door for you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like, okay, well, it's, you know. Um, but because, because the masks are mandatory, like there's a lot of stuff that can still happen that I didn't think could happen. Like I, I went to a farmer's market and they were also like strictly limiting how many people could come inside. They had it all gated off. So it wasn't just like totally open. And they said, you know, only one person per, you know, vendor at a time, right? So you would have like more other little mini lines uh, within within the the farm, you know, farmers market to, to get up to like a cows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got some great, uh, some great uh, like cashew sriracha cheese for like ten bucks. It was just like oh, you nice. just you only want to like eat a little bit at a time because it's so good. You're just like, oh my god, I'm, <laughs> I I gotta save that. I gotta save that for later. So uh, and, and yeah, and seeing like like you know when when everybody every single person has a mask on, you kind of like you stop stop worrying you're like okay everyone has to take it seriously whether they want to or not uh i'm actually staying um in venice uh just you know probably about half a mile from venice beach and venice beach is like probably one of the most heavily filmed locations of any beach you know you got muscle muscle beach there and just you know thousands and thousands and thousands of people and you go down there and there's nobody there because the beach is closed now um that they the police were were being lax about it for uh, you know the first couple days and were you'd still see people out right and they they cracked down a little bit harder um i took a walk today and it's, it's kind of overcast and, and not that warm today actually but like maybe a, a dozen people per mile 
you'd see right. on the beach, right? But just to see everything shut down is amazing. Because this is it's not like a real Disney-fied area. Like, Venice Beach is still, like, a lot of grit and grime. And because yeah. they have no tourists there right now, and all the shops are shut down, and all the restaurants are shut down. There's a, there's a few that are open for pickup only, right? Like a lot of other restaurants, yeah, yeah. right? Um, they have com- – it's completely been overrun by people camping, uh, homeless huh. people camping, right? And the police are completely allowing it because they want them to be have access to – you know, the restrooms that are there on the beach are still open, right? Uh, they have these sanitary stations. So it's after like weeks of having no, none of the homeless people cleared out. There's just like piles of, you know, like, like art installations. They've been building on surfboards. And, like just <laughs> like, there, I saw like a mannequin, like half a mannequin that had been painted. And it's like part of the sculpture thing. And it's like a complete, like looks like Occupy, you know, like what Occupy camps <laughs> look like. Um, and then just, you know, like some random Rastafarian stoner guy, like dancing around and like, who knows what the fuck he's on. Right. Uh, but, but still like just you, you could look at any movie of Venice beach and never see less than, you know, two, 3000 people every few feet. And now it's almost totally deserted of, of, you know, people who are becoming there as tourists. So, you know, again, like I, I seen how kind of how things were and what precautions were necessary or taking place. Uh, I felt safe flying. Uh, going through TSA though, like you get up there and there's still like 40 TSA people and you're the only person in line to go through security. It's, it's just like, okay, I guess you're all unions. So you're all still working. So I'm and happy still have to grab that. your, your junk and no, they don't do any of that. They don't do any of that. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, you usually get the airport and, uh, you know, there's like a line that snakes back and forth or getting on a roller coaster. That's like an hour long. Right. And literally, like, there's there's nobody there. Like, you walk directly up to the to the thing. You got to stand in and go through, take your shoes off, computer and everything. And you're just like, okay, I guess I guess I'm doing this right. This is like I'm the last person alive. Um, and I took the took the L there. I was the only person on the train the whole way there. So like, it it just it felt really fucking eerie. Uh, and then you know, yeah, I mean, you get here and it's still California, but like nothing's open. Everything's shut down for the most part. Even restaurants that are open, like their whole front door is barricaded, so you can't come in if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think I saw all of one person uh, come into a cafe or a grocery store without a mask on, and I stood up, uh, you know, as far on the other side of the room as I possibly could from that guy. Uh, and I don't, I don't know how he got in or why they let them in, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. Um, really interesting to just kind of see just how normal it's become for people to still. You know, adapt, but also uh, socially distance. Uh, the house I'm staying in is one of these places that's like, um, you ever heard that there's like a uh, company or app called Bungalow, right? And they like, they'll, you can sign a lease and then like move to another one of their places and not break the lease, right? Hmm. Uh, it's kind of just, it's like for people that move a lot or everything. And they've been apparent, apparently like they, they started up and have been like telling landlords how to alter homes to kind of cater more to their format. So like each, uh, you know, each apartment or, you know, I should say each room in within the house it, like has its own lock and has its own little kitchenette and its own bathroom. Right. So like everybody in this house I'm seeing and like has their own bathroom. That was that was like also a factor, you know, like if I'm going to hang out with some friends in a house where everyone shares the same bathroom, like I wouldn't feel that that would be good social distancing. But uh, as of right now, I feel like I, I have been able to still practice that while, while coming out here and, and enjoying some sun. But man, it's like after five weeks of just sitting in the fucking miserable, like <laughs> Chicago, you know, uh, spring to come out here and, and really see some, some nice warm summer. And it's just like right around on the transit all day, riding the bus, riding the bike share. 
uh, riding the metro. Like LA has some amazingly good transit, and right now it's all really? free too. So you can just hop on any train you want, no charge. Any bus you want, no charge. Uh, it, it's been a lot of fun actually, and and getting to see more of the city than I've ever seen before. Um, yeah. What kind of rail do they have? Because I, I like the big, you know, the, I, I guess it's, maybe it's a myth, but everyone always be like, oh, there's no public transit in L.A. There's you have to transit drive. goes everywhere. There's transit really? that goes everywhere. The buses here are like the most high tech. Uh, art- like they have like the articulated buses where it's two buses in one and it's like an accordion in the middle. Uh, and they're super fast. I don't know if there's a lot of bus only lanes, yeah, but they have to they have to stay above sixty miles an hour, otherwise they exactly, explode. I mean, exactly, of course, fifty five miles an hour. Fifty five. But no, yeah. like if you look at it, like the full map of all the transit lines in L.A., like there's nowhere you can not go in L.A. with transit, and it's constantly running. Um, they're running like regular weekday service, even on the weekends, to make sure that the buses don't get overcrowded. So that you can go on there and like there's only six people on the bus, so you can s- still socially distance, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure the city's losing money for it, but that's like what you got to do uh, when things are like this. But I was I'm just amazed at how good the transit actually mm. is in all the places you can actually go uh, with the transit here. I mean, they've they've got as many um, you know commuter rail lines as as Chicago does. I mean, at least the local ones. The the, the metro in Chicago goes out to the suburbs much further, so I guess they technically have more. But it, it you know, and LA's transit system has is award winning. They've won awards for how hmm. comprehensive it is. It's just people think that that it's not there. They just think you have to only take the you know freeways yeah. to get around the city. And you look at the 405 and around Thanksgiving. You see always see those pictures of the 405 in LA around thanksgiving and it's just bumper to bumper for like 20 miles in a row it's like you don't you literally don't have to do that you know you can get around just fine um the bike share system here is great uh it's you know like to hop from one station to another you only have like 30 minutes but it only costs like a like a dollar and change for that 30 minutes to get where you're going right and they're great fucking bikes um so yeah to, to really kind of experience a little bit of that, i i was just like all right this trip, trip kind of came about out of nowhere but i'm I'm going to do it. I, I went to O'Hare's website. I went to the city website, read all the recommendations they had about traveling, you know, flying during this pandemic. And I was already like going to do all the things they suggested anyway. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And, and I'm glad I did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I definitely want to make it out to LA. I've only ever been to uh, San Francisco, which is, which is really cool on its own. You know, there's a lot of cool shit to do there, but I definitely want to go, um, I want to go like when the pandemic is not happening so I can go see, you know, like I've just always been big into like, like movie shit. So like, there's a lot of like just old Hollywood shit I'd love to go see, like going there, but. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I went up to Hollywood Boulevard or no Sunset Boulevard. That's one with all the, the, the walk of fame stars and everything. Yeah, Yeah. And I forgot how much of like a hill that street is on. Like it's not flat at all. It's, it's really is on an incline. Yeah. All California um, is very fucking hilly. And and again, with no tourists there, and every one of those shops shuttered, like you, you never see it when it like this, right? But like the they have those like roll top gates that come down that like cover the entire front of the stores along mm-hmm. Sunset Boulevard, and they're all covered in graffiti. It's just like you never see it. It it looks hmm. like a shithole. It looks totally busted, and the only people out are like just fucking wasted, drunk homeless people. Like it really is just like this is completely so not the, the 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 image of. You know of, of Hollywood that any of us are used to. I mean, Hollywood it really itself, is like the stand. It really <laughs> is, yeah. And just like like drunkenly walking around Hollywood, uh, it was amazing just to see like how fucking run down Hollywood actually is. Like the people that live there, there's just fucking junk everywhere. Yeah. And you're, I mean, the rent is still you know huge, but 
it looks it looks like a fucking hellscape. Like Hollywood itself as a neighborhood <clears throat> looks like a hellscape. There's a, there's a Sears there. It's been closed for like five years. That has wow. it's like eight you know five six stories tall. No windows on it, and it's just like completely covered in in like barbed wire now. Um, and it's just it's like so weird. Kind of yeah, and, and you know, like I said, Brent is still astronomical here, but uh, it to see it all completely shut down like this, and to have the you know sort of the zombie homeless taking over, and you know, and and to see the police just kind of like be fine with it, you know, like you know, eventually they're gonna get kicked out, but like for right now, it's it's just it is surreal, weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's get into the news of the week because uh, we have a big week and a couple big things we want to get to. Um, so obviously, you know, the thing that's uh, been at the top of the news cycle, at least in the in the presidential election, has been uh, the uh, sexual assault slash rape allegation against Joe Biden, which is finally after. Fi- I mean, how many months have we been? you know talking about this till we're blue in the face people on the left the three four five months and of course all of a sudden conveniently when bernie drops out the press can't resist uh this super juicy story uh but they you know did their diligence and not bringing it up until there was literally no other option other than biden for the democrats right so you know a bunch of new evidence came out and it's finally to the point where people are going to people are having to talk about it and Biden himself is going to have to talk about it. Uh, and actually, just before we went on air, I saw a tweet that apparently he has an exclusive interview tomorrow morning with uh, Morning Joe to address the allegation. So that'll be the first time we ever hear Biden, you know, publicly speaking on these uh, up until now. His campaign has just been uh, denying and gaslighting and, you know, using really gross tactics to kind of you know the, the same shit the right wing does the shit the same shit that you know uh that they accuse uh you know the gop of doing for kavanaugh which you know they rightly accuse them of doing really you know gross behavior by the republicans but um democrats prove that they just really don't give a shit about the me too movement uh even kirsten gillibrand uh supports joe biden which is hilarious because she was like the loudest voice in the entire party to get rid of al franken for a much less, you know, much less of an offense. Um, Essentially taking a tasteless photo where if you look really close, there's no actual physical contact. It's like he's doing air gropey hands. He's not actually touching that woman. So. But Yeah. But like, even if, it, you know, even if he did grab her, like, it, it's just even if he did, that's way less of an offense than what Joe Biden is accused of doing with right. multiple credible uh, pieces of corroboration. So. Just this week, a couple things that came out. Um, there was a 1993 episode of Larry King Live where Tara Reid's mother called in uh, to uh, to basically anonymously say, "Well, you know, my daughter had some issues with a uh, a prominent senator on Capitol Hill, uh, and we just you know want want to know what you thought you know would be the proper way to go." Like basically, you know, calling in to. Uh, I, there was a guest on, I guess, that was talking about issues of sexual harassment or sexual assault, et cetera, on Capitol Hill. Uh, and basically, she called in asking for advice in 93, you know, concurrently uh, with with the when that story took place. Now, the next piece of corroborating information, uh, one of Tara Reid's former neighbors, who's a Joe Biden supporter, by the way, came forward and says that she uh, that Tara told her about the story in like 94, 95. Well, did you you see that, that CNN removed that episode of Larry King from their archives? 
Not, yeah, no, not only did they remove it, they renumbered the series so that it skips that, even though you can see that there's a gap in the, like, it goes like September 9th, September 11th, September 12th, and it's like episode 154, 155, and like they, the, the September 10th episode or whatever, you know, day it was, literally gets cut away and they change the episode number. It, it's so fucking obvious that they're covering for him it's so fucking obvious like people would think you're fucking nuts if you told them this like in a you know in a casual conversation someone who's not paying attention to this shit but people have literally gone into the archives and said oh no look here's the episode here's where they removed it it's like it, it's unbelievable and so no and so this neighbor says that she was told about it like in the early 90s you know well before this was uh uh a political issue, you know, so to speak. So that's a second piece of corroborating information. Uh, New York Times tracked down ex-staffers who say that she was suddenly uh, taken on, she, you know, she was in charge of a bunch of interns and she was suddenly removed from her post uh, without explanation to them, you know, while they were working for, uh, while they were interning for Biden. Um, now, you know, that's already way more like literally like documented corroborating evidence than Christine Blasey Ford had. And I think we, you know, most people listening to this podcast would agree that after hearing her story, she wasn't fucking lying about it. So like, you know, uh, so, and, and, you know, the, the entire left and democratic party, et cetera, believed her when she, you know, gave her testimony yet now, you know, of course the democratic party is showing they have absolutely no principles whatsoever in the way that they're just, viciously smearing and slandering Tara Reid, uh, who has way more evidence even than Christine Blasey Ford did when, when she came forward. Um, it's gr fucking gross. Yeah, I, and of course, you know, oh, oh, she said a good thing about Russia once, therefore, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it's just, that, yeah, that, no, that level is... of dissidence is, 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 is disgusting. Um, you know, and, and honestly, like, you know, I've, I've been a little preoccupied, like I have been a little bit out of loop, um, but it's, it's, I guess it is encouraging to see it finally taken seriously. Just seeing the, the the reaction to Chris Hayes covering this, you know, we always joke like, "Hey, you know, Chris Hayes will have like a good tweet, and we'll say, "Hey, Chris, if only you had a TV show, you could say that same thing." And like, he, <laughs> he never fucking does it, and now he's finally covering this thing. Now it's getting some prime time <clears throat> coverage. And then what was it? A fire Chris Hayes was was trending on Twitter. I didn't see yeah, it. But yeah, I saw like articles written about it, and the article, like, I think it was from one of them was from the Hill, uh, which fucking sucks, but. They were like, oh, the, the left backlash against Chris Hayes. I'm like, who do you think, who do you honestly think the left is in this <laughs> equation? Because the people on the left, ostensibly Bernie Sanders supporters uh, and people just, you know, with a, with a conscience, uh, are, are not the ones who are waging a backlash against Chris Hayes. It is fucking liberal centrists. Okay. Yeah. The people that like Joe Biden. I think that Joe Biden is, is just fine with them. So that 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 frame is just like and a lot of us tweet about that say like who 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 do you actually think the left is right now? Is it is it anyone that watched the West Wing and liked it? Is that who you think the left is? Yeah. So I have a couple pieces of uh a video here I actually want to share because you know th basically they they sent out the shields this week the campaign did to uh to to shield Biden from this this criticism because they can't ignore it anymore. That was their first move is hoping it would go away. Uh, they also sent out campaign uh, talking points, uh, basically uh, that that were leaked that were saying, you know, uh, oh well, make sure you point out that the New York Times um, 
cleared by, you know, investigated and cleared Biden of any wrongdoing, which number one, they didn't do. New York Times actually provided the, uh, some of the corroborating information. They, they were the one who interviewed her neighbor. Uh, and number two, you know, th they didn't actually do an investigation. They wrote a couple of articles about it and they're not an investigatory body. Like if you wanted to actually have an investigation on the level of, you know, uh, a, a, uh, a congressional investigation, that's something that absolutely should happen. Um, but I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't want to do that because they probably wouldn't like the way that that turned out. Uh, but here's here's Stacey Abrams, who just I mean, the, the fucking naked ambition of Stacey Abrams, this cycle, just going on TV and like basically begging Joe Biden to pick her as VP, um, despite the fact that she's literally accomplished nothing in her fucking career. Uh, and and, you know, her one major accomplishment is that she kind of sort of got cheated out of the governorship in a race that she was, you know, propped up into. Um, but, and also she's a big Ayn Rand fan, apparently. But uh, here, here's her on uh, Don Lemon's show defending Joe Biden. And uh, see how, let's see how far Believe Women goes when it comes to Joe Biden. Assault allegation against Joe Biden. The accuser, her name is Tara Reid, tells CNN that the alleged incident happened in 1993 while she was working as an aide in Biden's Senate office. She is claiming that she was delivering Biden a duffel bag and says that Biden had her up against the wall in a corridor uh, on the Hill and violated her with his fingers. Now, CNN has now, has now spoken on the record with her former neighbor who says Reid told her about the allegation within a few years of the alleged incident. Biden's campaign says, untrue, never happened. Is this a credible allegation? I believe that women deserve to be heard, and I believe that they need to be listened to. But I also believe that those allegations have to be investigated by credible sources. The New York Times did a deep investigation, and they found that the accusation was not credible. I believe Joe Biden. I believe that he is a person who has demonstrated that his love of family, his love of our community has been made perfectly clear through his work as a congressional leader and as an American leader. I know Joe Biden, and I think that he is telling the truth and that this did not happen. So in, in 2018, you tweeted it was shameful that Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination was being rushed forward and survivors of violence like Christine Blasey Ford deserve to have their voices heard. Are you applying a different standard now? Not at all. I believe then and I believe now that women deserve to be heard because too often they are not. And Tara Reid deserved to have her story listened to and investigated. What was happening to Christine Blasey Ford was that there was no investigation. There was a rush to move the conversation forward so that no investigation was conducted. And as I said, I believe that there was those allegations needed to be investigated. And I believe that the New York Times and subsequent reports support what the Biden campaign has said. And so, I believe Joe Biden. So you said you've heard her, you've heard enough, you don't believe her, you believe Joe Biden. No, I, what I'm saying is that the New York Times investigation <laughs> of her allegations, the New York Times investigation does not support the accusations against the vice president. I believe the Biden I know, and I think that he will make women proud, that he will make America proud. Does Joe Biden personally need to address this more directly and publicly? I believe his campaign has been very clear, and I believe that that is the approach that they intend to take, and I support the approach because, again, we don't want women to ever be afraid to come forward, but we also have to recognize 
that allegations should be investigated, and that those investigations need to be borne out. Stacey Abrams, thank you for your time. <laughs> that was... Please pick me, please, a, please, please. A furious, furious barrage of non-answers. Um, the New York Times also walked back what they, what she claimed, uh, or others claimed that they had said. They They didn't say anything that refuted the allegation mm-hmm. they said our investigation was inconclusive we couldn't say one way or the other right and and there's so what she's trying to frame that is well if you can't prove it then it didn't happen yeah right well that's i mean that that's true if it's a you know a court of law um i mean essentially it's the way that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt works um or beyond a reasonable doubt i should say but uh yeah. it, it's it's just you know, she's auditioning. Like you said, she's auditioning to be his VP choice. Now, I I doubt she's going to get it, <laughs> you know, but it's, you know, no, it's, just, gonna, it's, go it's a double standard. It's an obvious double standard. They both had credible allegations that, you know, talking about, uh, you know, Blasey Ford uh, and Tara Reid, you know, I, I the, the level of detail is is there, you know, and that's like, you know, we've talked about this before. Unless you're Stephen King, uh, it, it's hard to write a, a, a murder novel unless you're OJ and you actually did it, right? <laughs> so if now, now, if, if, yeah, Biden's going to write a book, like if I raped her, basically, oh my God. Like, well, I didn't do this, but if in a hypothetical world, my, right. my, my good friend, Charlie Biden, uh, <laughs> was, was in the room. I mean, Joe Biden's brother does look a lot like him. So he does. It's creepy. Uh, you could pull like one of the, one of the, the, <laughs> The Rob Switch Ford things were the the deceased mayor of Toronto where he claimed he had another twin brother that smoked all that crack and it was just like what? What are you oh, talking about? God. Yeah. And we're not we don't mean to but we're not making light of the actual story because of course the Democrats are disgusting in, in their in their double no, standards. We're we're, we're mocking yeah. the, the double standards and yeah, just like the and- sheer ridiculousness of, of the things that Biden's surrogates would try to say. And she, by the way, is just a bundle of fucking cap talking point. Like, that's literally, she would not stray from those two, you know, talking points. The other thing that everyone points out is that, and Biden says this all the time. He says it to Bernie supporters. He says it to the left. He says it to, you know, sexual, so, uh, I, I see you. I hear you. You know, like, that, that doesn't fucking mean anything. What the fuck does that mean? Like, right. you know, I see you. I hear you. I just don't care. Like, that's, and people pointed out that that's classic uh, SKD Knickerbocker talk, which is the consulting firm uh, that Anita Dunn is like the executive vice president of. They, you know, basically right. they were the Times Up organization, but they've also, you know, uh, she also like did some damage control for Harvey Weinstein. Like these are the worst fucking people in the world uh, yeah. that that Joe Biden is surrounding himself with. Uh, not to mention, by the way, he just appointed Chris Dodd as his, um, basically his liaison to, to pick the the VP. Uh, Chris Dodd, who also is, is was embroiled in a sexual assault scandal uh, in, in, the, in the 90s or 2000s. You know, if only Just they great, could find some instincts. people that didn't have this besmirched record. I don't know, like maybe some of the people that work for Bernie Sanders. Um, yeah. Not that they're perfect either. Seeing Jeff Weaver, uh, new grifter in chief, start up a super PAC uh, in Bernie's name, essentially, for Joe Biden and using Bernie's, uh, you know, some of his PR wow. language. Uh, and basically saying just like, well, we're gonna we're gonna take that corporate money now for Joe Biden, and here's why, you know. And Bernie even denounced it. Bernie denounced yeah. it, denounced Jeff Weaver, 
I saw Jeff Weaver was still writing uh, press releases for Bernie or releasing press releases for Bernie this week. And it's like, what? How is he? St- it's his good friend. What is he going to do? It's his good friend. Oh, this is fucking Bernie's know, fucking, Bernie. fucking weakness. Bernie it's- is fucking weak when it comes to his good friends who are pieces of shit. He surrounds him. And, and this is not his fault necessarily because everyone in Washington is almost without fail a piece of shit. But he does not. He, he gives way too much fucking leeway. And puts way too much credit in his good friends who all happen to be, you know, grifty fucking D.C. parasites. People like Jeff Weaver, who torpedoed two Bernie Sanders campaigns, according to surrogates. People were talking, you know, now that the campaign's over, people are free to talk on social media. And they're like, oh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, Jeff Weaver's the one who convinced us not to talk about Tara Reid. Jeff Weaver's the one who convinced Bernie to drop out when he did. Like, this is Jeff. Jeff Weaver is a fucking piece of shit. You know, I, I, I don't even know if he was a mole, but he's certainly a careerist who just cares about getting a job now, you know, where he makes a bunch of money running a fucking super PAC, which they named, by the way, a future to believe in PAC, which is mm-hmm. so fucking gross to co-op Bernie's uh, 2016 uh, campaign slogan, because uh, it really implies that Bernie is affiliated with it and he has wants nothing to do with it, you know? Yeah, it. It's really no, it, it's, it it's seemed so like parody gross. almost, and it's like no, but this is this is always who Jeff Weaver has been. He's always had, uh, you know, his instincts were always conniving. You know, it was all all what he could get for himself, not yeah. how to build a movement. And we've seen how that has been a detriment to Bernie. So again, it's like when Bernie, when are you when are you going to cut these fuckers loose? You know, like yeah. where where well, is your purity test, Bernie? He fucking blew his chance. He he should have done it. Going into 2020, but unfortunately, he was still friends with these people. And, you know, a, a, a bunch of surrogates came forward and basically said, yeah, you know, even though Weaver wasn't the campaign manager, he basically was. Like, he still, Bernie still listens to him for all of his, you know, major decisions. He still, you know, he was the one who hired Faz Shakir and, like, all these other people. So they all felt beholden to him to some extent. He still wrote his press releases, and he's a fucking... You know, he's not a he's not he's not a fucking leftist. He's not even a progressive. He's just he's he's a he's a D.C. Democrat. And he, you know, uh, apparently convinced Bernie that he was the, you know, the right man for the job. But he had no understanding of any of the grassroots elements of Bernie Sanders uh, movement and or the movement that Bernie Sanders, you know, uh, took hold of to try to win the nomination. He had no understanding of what it fucking meant to win and now that we know all this shit about weaver and the fact that he immediately started a super PAC in support of biden really makes you question a lot of these decisions that the bernie camp made like not running any negative ads about biden before super tuesday a state that you knew biden was gonna win you know and 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 right off of the fucking backs of nevada where bernie had a ton of money and a ton of momentum that was political fucking malpractice but now that you know that weaver probably had a final say on that it's like well was he a fucking mole all along did he want uh, biden to win because he knew bernie would never let him start a super PAC. of course he wouldn't so you know like if in, in on behalf of bernie so like what the fuck you know yeah i mean it's it's there's there's still people that refuse to believe that this is all some kind of coordinated thing you know that that yeah. obama didn't make phone calls to uh you know um pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg when he was mid-flight yeah. to his next rally and tell him to drop out you know the literally the guy who's in second place with delegates drops out mm-hmm. but liz warren who's in like fifth never place, happened in stays in US it's just like this is it isn't i just 
Like you gotta, you gotta. You're, you're a fucking idiot if you don't believe it at this point. Like really, like yeah, you're, I you're mean, just a... I, people they don't want to believe. That's that's the thing. Is like they're just like yeah. I can't believe that things are that corrupt. And it's like they are. Sorry, they just are. You know, and it's it's you know what what they didn't Biden wasn't their first choice. They would they would love <laughs> no, to have no. had Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg be in first place. I mean, I'm sure there are people that are scratching their head thinking, why didn't Kamala Harris come on on top? Like based on all their their check my criteria, she should be perfect. But it's like the voters just don't like her. They don't trust her, right? And somehow, you know, after Bernie won three states in a row, Biden came out of nowhere to get South Carolina and they were like, that's it. That's our guy. We got to dump everything behind him and that it, we will do everything we can to make sure he's now the nominee, not their first choice, yeah. obviously, but he is the one who is going to protect wall street, who is going to protect fracking, who's going to protect private health insurance, right? At least that's, you know, yeah. his, his platform is going to do all those things. I, I, you know, again, it's not that they are, getting something out of it other than literally what he's campaigning on, which is nothing will fundamentally change. Well, and, and again, they don't, they don't want to win the gen. They don't care about winning the general election, their general election, their election was super Tuesday was stopping Bernie. Like that was the only thing that they're worried about to them. It's immaterial, whether or not Biden wins, whether or not Biden gets replaced by of course Cuomo or whoever the fuck they slot in there. Hill I saw an article on the Hill today about how Hillary is waiting in the wings, by the way. I don't know if how much you know, no. it, that's just speculation, <laughs> but that's just fucking hilarious. You know. By I the mean, way, great just always. the 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 day all these the, the the news really started covering these these sexual assault allegations against Biden uh was the day he decided to do his live stream with his very special guest, Hillary Clinton, uh maybe the most famous uh sexual assault apologist um <laughs> in, in DC. So, you know, real just great fucking instincts from this campaign. Unbelievable. I didn't, I didn't obviously didn't watch the whole thing because I don't hate myself that much. Yeah. No, I couldn't. Um but there was definitely moments that the people clipped out where you can just tell that like she's seething that Joe Biden is <laughs> the like fucking nominee. Fucking guy. I fucking did so much fucking preparation. I knew right. my shit back and forth. And this fucking bumbling fool who can't articulate one of his policies or even form coherent sentences is somehow on track. But he's going to lose worse than she did. So she, she'll be, I, I, in some ways, I think she'll secretly be happy about that, that he didn't, that he'll get less votes than she did. Right. You know, like inside. I just, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it, it's, you know. Just, just fucking how bad you have to be to make Hillary Clinton look good. Yeah. Like even on policies, Biden is to the right of her. Uh, you know, I mean, Medicare. She wanted to lower the Medicare. I mean, which was terrible, but she wanted to lower the Medicare age to fifty-five. Right. Biden Biden's won't even 60. go there. Right. Yeah. He's you know, and, right. and at, at least it is is evil as she is at least she wasn't suffering from dementia. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, no, she would have competently bombed stumbled, all those countries. Yeah, stumbled and fell down the stairs a couple times from, you know, heat exhaustion. Like, how do you get a heat exhaustion on 9-11 when the whole fucking place is in the in the shade in New York City? Like, that's there's no such thing as that. Yeah, no, she um, had the flu. She just didn't want to admit it because they, yeah. they, uh, they have to control the narrative, you know, the usual bullshit. Um, but, yeah, and so it's just, yeah, it's unbelievable. And, you know, Bernie for... Um, for all of his troubles and for doing the right thing in his mind, because I'm sure he was promised a lot, uh, got a, another fucking, you know, a punch in the dick this week because they threw him off the ballot in New York. They just, Cuomo decided, 
uh, after all of the, you know, the, the, the shit that I'm sure they promised him. Oh yeah. Well, fuck you. You dropped out. So now I guess we don't need to have a primary, even though there's still a, a non-presidential primary taking place on that day. Um, you know, primarily by mail-in, you could just, we could just keep you on the ballot, but no, that would be embarrassing for Joe Biden to, uh, you know, not do super well in New York or even maybe even lose, you know, the presumptive nominee. They don't want to have to worry about him, uh, you know, potentially not, not winning in, in New York, the most populous state, uh, or second most populous state. So they just threw Bernie off the ballot and you know, tough shit. Well, because they're worried um, that, you know, like in Alaska, Bernie still got 44% of the vote, <laughs> even after he'd already suspended his campaign. Yeah, after he'd suspended his like campaign. Like, that yeah. that just makes look, Biden look even worse, of course, that I don't I don't give a shit. He fucking looks terrible. I mean, look at what he's been accused of. He's terrible, right? Well, and, and, that, and that's the other thing is, like, now that he's been accused, it's like people, even if Bernie has suspenders, we're like, well, fuck, we need to vote for anyone else that's on the ballot. Like, this is a disaster. Right. right. Um. It's it, it's just it's just so fucking gross. But now, th- yeah, now Biden's campaign's like, oh well, we're gonna still let Bernie keep his delegates. Oh, that he, are, are you not fucking magnanimous after you you know you fucking fucked him over and then duped him into fucking dropping out because he's you know whatever. Um, it, it's just really. I got nothing to feel hopeful God. about. Like this is no. why I took this trip because I was really at the point where I'm like, I have no fucking hope for the future right now and this virus the isolation is just making it feel worse you know just feeling disconnected yeah. from everybody um you know not even wanting to like look at the internet and what's going on and i'm just like i need some fucking i need some some sun therapy honestly yeah um <laughs> this is just like totally random but i saw this it was a you know satirical headline and uh, accompanying graphic it was a. Uh, inspiring celebrities spell out we're all in this together with their yachts and there's like a clearly photoshopped image of like all these yachts lined up to spell out we're all in this together and i (laughs) took a screenshot of it and posted on a facebook page and like people lost their fucking minds thinking it was real and i literally thought to myself like why are you following our fucking podcast it's like razor whip smart sat satirical comedy and you don't know that that's a fucking joke like yeah it's cutting it close to the to the you know, to the Chester, but come on, guys. And then it'd be like, it's onion asking that it's not super far off from what they're actually doing. But yes, of course. It's, it's not literally. Of course. You know? Yeah. And it's just, again, like we have a ton of followers on our Facebook page because of like posting dank memes and not as much because of the show. But I'll, I'll literally, I'll like, people will, will say, this is, you know, like this is, or something else I posted that like, people are like, this is in poor taste. And I, I replied as the, as the Facebook page saying, like, uh, have you listened to our show? And they're like, what show? I'm like, our podcast? They're like, what podcast? I'm like, the fucking podcast that you're fucking commenting on the Facebook page for, guy. What's a podcast? Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I get um, it. Memes are more digestible in a short span of time sure. than an hour-long podcast. But, like, come on, America. Like, we're we're here. We're still doing this for you, uh, despite being downtrodden, right? So, yeah. like, share, subscribe. Thank you, please. Yeah, no, it's hard every week, honestly, to, to get it because. But look, you know, you said there's no hope. We are, we are feeling pretty down, but there is a glimmer of hope on the horizon because a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus is considering throwing his uh, throwing his army hat in the ring for for the nomination uh, because Jesse the Body Ventura is considering running as a uh, Green Party candidate. Uh, you know, for the presidential uh, nomination. So, you know, I, when I saw that, I was immediately, my initial thought was like, oh, LOL. But like, uh, the more I thought about it, I was like, so number one, 
he's actually a lot better than people think he is. When you actually look at his policies, I went back and looked at his kind of on the issues page, which is not just oh, what are, what's his rhetoric, but like, oh, this is what he did when he was governor uh, of Minnesota. And, that, and that, that's another thing, by the way. He actually has executive experience. He was a governor of, of a state, uh, you know, so that's uh, not nothing. And the fact that he won as an independent in Minnesota is pretty fucking remarkable. It is. Um, Winning any governorship as an independent yeah, is, no, it's, is it's, virtually it's, unheard yeah. of. Extremely, yeah. So um, that's not nothing. And his policies are good. Like he is, he's an anti establishment. Uh, I don't know if I'd call him a leftist, but he certainly has left wing policies. Like I, I don't think he would personally identify that way, but he's very uh, against surveillance. He's very, you know, uh, environmentally conscious. He's, uh, he's pro all of the things that we talk about. He just may not ex- ex- express them in the same Right. terms that we would use but he's he's really honestly a much better option than either biden how is he on like labor stuff like i don't really no, ever oh oh call hearing him talk about like he, unions so this is this is great actually he's famously known in the wrestling community for being fired because hulk hogan dimed him out to vince mcmahon he was actually oh. trying to organize a wrestler's union nice nice back all in right. the 80s all right. um so he's he knows all about and he's talked about you know the need for unions in, in many situations. So he's, that, that's, he's actually very good on that. Um, and uh, the other thing about him is that he's prominently known. He has a very well-known name. Well, way more so than Howie Hawkins or uh, Dario Hunter, I think is the other guy running. There's a um, few others. Those are the two come out of the, some of the top two. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm in a couple of a uh, green party uh, group DMS and there's, you know, a bit of discussion on that. Obviously how he's still kind of the favorite right now. Uh, I know he he has said a, a few things that have been somewhat problematic. But his, you know, people reach out to him and kind of corrected him and said like, "Hey, you know, you might want not a might want might want to not uh, misgender Chelsea Manning." Uh, so he yeah, apologized for that. But um, um, you know, it, yeah, I, I I don't have any personal preference. I think you know, it'd be cool to have somebody on who is a little bit more invested in um, sort of the Green Party primary. Mm-hmm. If we can get a guest like that in the coming weeks, yeah. that would be cool. Um, yeah, a couple absolutely. of people have well. We have had somebody reach out to us that we're we're uh, potentially going to have on as a guest, um, but yeah, I think that you know any any time that like I I don't really know the answer to something, I want to defer to somebody who has spent much more time researching that. So sure, uh, as far as Ventura himself, yeah, obviously he's got a higher profile than some of these people. Um, I know he has said that uh, you know climate change is obviously the most important issue right now I mean, we're, we've all sort of forgotten about it because of this pandemic but of course ironically the pandemic is causing us to to rapidly change the way we live uh and is causing far less carbon co2 to be put out in the air because we're not driving all over the goddamn place right now um so yeah i mean what what else do you have on jesse ventura um well, I mean, that's I mean, I that's mainly it in terms of, of you know, facts and stuff. But I, I, I really think that um, he has such a level of name recognition and such a level of notoriety that unlike someone like Howie Hawkins, who, you know, maybe he has good po- he has mostly good policies, but he's not a particularly dynamic politician um, and is going to be, you know, a proverbial fart in church, maybe one percent of the vote. Uh, mm. If he if he becomes the green nominee, Jesse Ventura could easily get five percent of the of, of the of the uh, vote, maybe even you know ten percent of the vote. Like I think he could easily 
mount the the most significant third party challenge since someone like Ross Perot, who I think ended up with like 14 or 16 percent of the vote um, yeah. and, you know, majorly affected that election. So I, I, my my fucking dream, because he's like a no bullshit guy, is to get him polling at five percent in some of these polls and just have him up there on the debate stage uh, or virtual, whatever it ends up being <laughs> between right. fucking Trump and Biden, because those things are going to be a fucking a, a, a torture fest if it's just Biden and Trump, because Trump's going to, you know, railroad him. Biden can't fucking for, fucking form coherent sentences, but Ventura can get up there, hammer Biden because he hates, you know, the, the mainstream Democrats and hammer Trump because he hates the mainstream Republicans and actually give us a voice on that debate stage. And maybe even right. fucking, you know, turn some, you know, because Biden's going to lose anyway. And and I and frankly, he he and the Democrats deserve to lose for forcing this fucking rapist on us. And what better way to actually <laughs> Both enjoy of this? Them. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And yeah. what, so what better way to enjoy this fucking election cycle than by having a dynamic like Mike Gravel-esque candidate who actually, well, you know. Yeah. And and. With someone who's you know pro wrestling background, Ventura like Trump knows how to shit talk, right? Oh, yeah, so, no, probably better you know, so than the two of them. Yeah, if anything, if you got up there on a debate stage, he'd be far more entertaining than either one of the other two, right? He, um, yeah, he. I mean, he hosts a talk show on RT, which I'm sure the Democrats are going to lose their minds over. But he's, uh, why? I mean, considered by me at least to be the greatest uh, heel commentator of all time. Like that's. He's more so known for that than even his in-ring career is that he was this super funny, like super sardonic bad guy announcer during the 80s, like during the height of Hulk Hogan and all that. Mm -hmm. So he he's yeah, he's a great shit talker. So he would be super fun on the debate stage. Um, he also chews up lines, right? Like who can forget I ain't got time to bleed from Predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he, oh, he's a fucking scenery chewing motherfucker. Yeah, no yeah. question. He really is. <laughs> Um, but no, I, yeah, he's, he, he, and he, he has this weird, like innate magnetism as a politician. Like he, when you watch some of like the campaign materials from his, uh, I think it was like 99 or 2000, whenever he won, like he's just, the speeches he made were just really, he, he fundamentally understands it while not being a polished politician. Like he, he has this weird, like, you know, left-wing populism, uh, aura to him that i don't even think he fully understands that he's deploying but it it's really effective so mm -hmm. i i don't know i i just hope he decides to run he says he's you know thinking about it right now testing sure. the waters but sure. i don't even know if the greens would let him you know because they've been doing a primary but well you know i i think if they were smart they would they would realize the opportunity they have here to actually well i mean get the green party gave an open invitation to Bernie saying, you know, I mean, exactly. Bernie won't do that, but they said, Hey, we'll all drop out of our own primary. If you want to become a green. And you know, it, that's, I, I think that would be the best way to build a third party was to have, you know, the highest profile person you can run as a third party. But Bernie's like, Oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be Ralph Nader. It's like, why, why not be on the right side of history? You know, public opinion be damned. Well, I mean, yeah. just, just think about all, how many lives lives has Ralph Nader saved with the book he wrote and with the, you know, Nader's Raiders and just all the, he's uh, the reason you know, we have seatbelts in cars. Like it's, it's fucking crazy yeah. to think about how many, literally. Yeah. How many lives he's saved. And, and he literally is like, Hey, you know what? I, I think that like Al Gore and George Bush are both like, you know, D and D minus. Um, and 
pretty much proved to be right. You know, Al Gore, for yeah. all of his talking about climate change and everything, like, still, like, lives a fucking extremely high carbon well, lifestyle. a private jet. And, yeah. Right. You know? And it's like, okay, I get it. You gotta travel the world. But, like, you you know, what what has Al Gore really proposed? Has he proposed banning fracking? I've never no. heard him say that. Right. So like, what's, nope. what's the fucking difference? If you, you think that if Al Gore was president and nine 11 happened, we wouldn't still have gotten entrenched in a, a quagmire in Afghanistan. No, of course he would have. He would have gone along with yeah. whatever the fucking joint chiefs of staff had told him to. Maybe we right. wouldn't have gone to Iraq, but I mean, we certainly would have, yeah, would not have handled it. <laughs> Eventually they would have found a way. Um, the, the, you know, the project for new American century would have put pressure on Al Gore uh, to start another war and he would have caved because what do Democrats do? They fucking cave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I just, um, that, that's my glimmer of hope is that that ends up working out and, and they act. But again, you know, the Green Party's biggest goal right now is, you know, they know they're never going to win a presidential election as currently constituted in this two party system. Their biggest goal, stated goal, has been to get 5% to get federal funding, federal matching funds. And their best shot at doing that in years is Jesse Ventura, you know, other than Bernie who would never do it, obviously. Right. But their, their best shot at doing it is someone who actually wants to do it on their uh, party line. Uh, so I, you know, I, I hope they take them up on that, but I guess we'll see. Uh, but it's very, very interesting. Uh, it, it's, it, it's actually yeah. given me a little bit of excitement about a little bit of hope. You know, I mean, I think after election cycle after, after 2020, it's just like, there's the, the democratic party who is, Famously, infamously named as, uh, you know, the graveyard of social movements. And that's never been more true than now, you know. So yeah. if we do not invest time and energy into building a re real viable third party, this this cycle's never going to end, right? And we've seen how having two parties who are opposed to universal health care is killing people. Now more than ever, ever during this pandemic, um, it, it's just, we can't do that. We can't have two parties telling us we have, don't have the right to go to a doctor for free because this is what's going to happen is we have a crisis. Nobody can fucking go get the services they need. No one can pay their rent. Uh, there's, you know, if people are trying to get unemployment insurance, can't even get it. Do you know what it's like to try to call, uh, to get, uh, you know, actual customer support in filing for unemployment insurance in the state of California right now? Good fucking luck. Yeah. <laughs> it's you got like I I tried to help a friend doing this and I called in and the recording is just we we cannot take your call right at this time. That is what the message says. Uh, and I, I, I kept calling back, sat on hold, sat on hold, finally, like got through to an actual uh, CSR rep from the state of California. And like, but it was I mean, imagine how hopeless and it's got to feel when you literally can't pay your rent. And the state of California's, uh, you know, human services unemployment recording is just like, sorry, we can't help you. We literally cannot talk to you. Yeah. I mean, it literally, I think we're up to well over 30 million uh, people, you know, filed for unemployment since this started. And I think they've estimated that the, the U.S. workforce is at about 150 million when you factor in, you know. Uh, people who are too old or too young to work and people who are unemployed, you know, before the prices started. So we're at already like 20% unemployment. If you're looking at real unemployment numbers, not just, you know, the weird fucking yeah. way that they factor in those numbers. I mean, that's I think great. Depression was mental. only 25%. Like we're almost yeah. there. 
we're almost there to like the worst economic collapse uh, in history. And I think that, you know, obviously that lasts for years and years and years. And we're, we're hopefully not looking at that. Uh, if we figure out how to smartly reopen things, um, you know, again, like feeling hopeful to see a farmer's market open and, and like, you know, see people still wearing the masks, social distancing, controlling it smartly. Like that was so fucking uplifting to me. I was just like, oh, my God, society still exists. We still live <laughs> then, in a society. I know. But then and not to bring us down, but then you you fucking look at states with idiot governors like fucking Georgia, who opened way too soon, opened up absurd things like fucking tattoo parlors and nail salons and shit like that yeah you look at look at lansing michigan where the fucking maga idiots stormed the capitol on the inside of the capitol and they're just screaming assault rifles yeah with assault rifles like you said you know like a lot of people said imagine if like a group of armed muslims stormed the capitol what the response would be (laughs) yeah you're a bunch of white it would be a a bloodbath it would be an absolute bloodbath but if you're a bunch of you know insane right-wing maga chuds you can do it just fine and the cops just stand there being yelled at like like again think how bad you have to be to make the cops look like the good guys right yeah <laughs> like yes yeah, yeah right. and literally like literally they're they literally like the frothing government. at the mouth screaming at these cops like spittle flying everywhere the thing that actually spreads the virus and these cops have like just like the mask on but no like eye protection or anything you know like <laughs> Just, yeah. Even even like Whole Foods workers have full plastic face coverings now, like that. You know. Yeah. We live in a fucking yeah. society, but barely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, barely. I don't. Let's let, let's you know talk to us in November. See, let's see how quick the the, the decline of society you know furthers once people yeah. are you know even more hopeless. But mm. yeah, you know, it, it's just. Oh. I, I do have one more uh, yeah. coronavirus joke here. This is just from um, Best COVID-19 Memes. Somebody posted, um, if you don't say COVID-19 to the tune of Come on, Eileen, you do now. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I'm just going to do it. Oh, man. COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. We'll have lyrics next week. We'll have a full, uh, we'll have a full, there you go. full verse at least next week. But um, yeah, so I think that pretty much covers what we wanted to cover. Short and quick. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully we have some better news to report next week, but I'm uh, sure we won't. Um, you know, I, I can't wait to see how Joe Biden uh, reads off of a teleprompter and then can't formulate coherent sentences when he's asked any follow-up questions tomorrow morning joe oh god who, who am i be... kidding no he's not gonna be asked follow-up questions it's gonna be a fucking train wreck i mean he's gonna, is he gonna have his wife is gonna be there whispering in his ear controlling <laughs> they, the campaign literally had to say that joe biden will not be accompanying him for this because she's such a fucking puppet master like he literally they've been releasing you know campaign videos where he's just standing there and he looks like a fucking dementia patient like who's being visited by his by his like his wife or his daughter just staring off into the distance and and like she's talking for him giving the speeches that he should be giving and then she mentions his name and like he'll like smile because he's like awakened out of his fucking like right. you know his his, his fugue state like, like a, a dog hears its name and he's like what uh, <laughs> yeah no it's, it's just like biden's equivalent of his tail starts wagging is this like weird crooked smile that he oh has God. So I was walking on just just cute image that reminded you of is uh, um, not that Joe Biden is cute, but uh, I'm walking down like the boardwalk uh, on the on the uh, Venice Beach and everything's all closed. But there's still people that like live right on the boardwalk, you know, people that, uh, you know, have a timeshare or a condo or apartment. And there's 
this guy who has got like tons of tattoos and just like the uh, totally tan surfer dude. And there's like somebody filming him with a camera that's got like two grips on it and like a shoulder mount and everything. So it's like clearly some kind of whatever professional video operation. And then like the, the next balcony over, there's a couple chairs and, and keep in mind, this is right on the boardwalk. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's like two American flags in the windows. And then on one of the chairs by itself, nobody else around it is like a, a fucking uh, bulldog, not a pit bull, but just like a, like a bulldog bulldog with a yellow bandana and like a surfboard propped up behind it. And it's just sitting there just kind of like looking around, just like surveying <laughs> the scene. And I'm like, that, awesome. that is the most LA thing I think I could have ever imagined. <laughs> like the most iconic <laughs> LA bulldog bandana surfboard American flag, America. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I love bulldogs. My favorite breed of dog. Uh, even though they're a bit like, I, I want to get one so bad, but like, I also am like, eh, I don't want to like, if I get one, that's one more that somebody's going to have to breed into existence. Cause someone else is going to want one and they're bad. Right. To, you right. Know, they're, and they're you'll never find a dog like that through adoption because they're just no, they, they, too highly they go, sought after. They go too quick. And then it's, yeah. And then they have horrible breed. It's yeah. So I wouldn't want to inflict another dog with that, but they're fucking awesome. They're, they're really awesome and you know, personable, but yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that about does it for us this week. But uh, yep. if you want to support the pod, uh, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out. Share the page out, soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, we have uh, merch available at tinyurl.com uh, slash move left merch. If you want to support us on Patreon, uh, you can do so at patreon.com slash move left. Uh, I am on Twitter at move underscore left. And I'm, uh, as always, at Bike Slutty on Twitter.com. Yeah, we'll see you next week.
to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now?